What's up, folks? Welcome to the program. I hope you're all enjoying the return of warmer weather, or as I like to call it, Jan and Dean season. There's nothing like savoring a couple scoops of rum raisin ice cream and blasting Surf City, preferably next to a body of water. Today's episode of the Raised by Whoops fake radio show is brought to you by the moron at the end of this book. Short stories from a life, well, lived. The author of the book is none other than the co-host of this very show, Andrew Couch. You can pre-order the book now over at Amazon before its official release date, which is Monday, May the 15th. It's available in paperback and as an ebook, and there will be an audiobook coming in the future. I've read this thing cover to cover, and I urge everyone listening to snag a copy if you have the means to do so. Andrew started sending me these stories almost two years ago now, and I've derived a lot of joy from the strange, funny, and affecting content contained within. I'm also honored that Andrew asked for my feedback and opinion on these stories, which was mostly just me saying I love them, keep writing. So pre-order, or as of the 15th of May, order The Moron at the End of This Book by Andrew Couch. If you have any questions or concerns, get in touch via the contact form at raisedbywhoops.com. You can also visit moronbook.com. Thanks for the support. Today's show is an interview with Rayvon Pettis. Rayvon is originally from Fort Payne, Alabama, but now lives in Nashville. He has completed three military deployments, two in Afghanistan and one in Iraq. He is also a singer-songwriter with two full-length records to his name, 2015's Insurda and 2017's Dying Light, as well as an EP entitled Ghoster. He has also collaborated on releases with Megan Palmer and Ryan Saab. Check out his work on Spotify, Bandcamp, and at RavonPettis.com. I'll leave some links in the show notes. We discussed the sad story that inspired his song, Lyle and Abdullah, although Ravon puts a happy twist on his version. Ravon also drops two controversial opinions, one regarding Towns Zant and one about Alabama barbecue. Additionally, we talked about his time overseas with the military, as well as much, much more. Oh, and I foolishly said at one point that Sandy Denny died of an overdose, which she did not. So sorry about that one. And for the second time in as many episodes by me, part of the audio is a bit sloppy. About two-thirds of the way through, my mic level messed up, and I sound a bit rough. Ravon sounds great, but I sound less than ideal. It's not too garbled, though, just a minor misstep. You just gotta move on. Please give the show a rating or review, wherever you listen, and you can also email us to say hi, or to praise or critique our abilities, or lack thereof. That can be done on our website, raisedbywhoops.com, by using the contact form. It was really fun talking with Ravon, and I'd like to thank him again for joining me. I'm going to play you in with the aforementioned Lyle and Abdullah, a masterpiece, if you ask me, and I'll play us out with his song, Godflower. Take care out there, and we'll be back soon. Abdullah is a student at Balk University, 40 miles south of the Uzbek line. Lost his heart to a girl named Lily with Pashtun eyes and a crooked little smile. 
Late in the evening they climb the scaffolding Smoke cigarettes in the dying light As a raw man from the Bamiyan land Who were you before tonight? Well, they killed my mother and they raped my sisters Father died in the Civil War I hid in the well and when the bleeding stopped I didn't want to be a soldier anymore So I moved to the city to get an education Find a profession where no one died I was trying to paint a big blue mosque in Mazari When I saw your eyes I lost my father in the Civil War too She said with a sigh and another smoke My mother said he was a beautiful man With a Kandahar laugh on a Tajik choke Late some nights I almost remember The way he held me in the morning sun Singing lightly, lightly, my pretty little girl Your beautiful life has just begun Well, there is no cover for an educated Pashtun woman in the Mullahali's eyes Followed them down when they were crossing the river Shot three times and he missed twice Well, you want to have hope, but you gotta be real With a snap of a glove, the doctor said I'm sure Abdullah was a really nice guy And now he's just one more Afghan dead But she waited through the night, she waited through the morning On the third day, he woke up from a dream The first thing he saw was Pashtun eyes The first thing he heard was lightly screaming I like water up in heaven Keeping fools like you alive, she said Bullet missed his heart by a good three inches In another two weeks, he was out of bed Lila and Abdullah, they're doing alright Got a tiny little house where the children wait He's working every day as a welder's apprentice Putting steel plates on the hair tan gate In the cold winter night, she holds him closer Dreaming in Dari to the morning light Thinking life is a terrifying, beautiful thing Twenty miles north of the Uzbek line So, uh, so you're in Nashville, is that right? Yeah, I'm here in I'm here in my house in Nashville. Nice, and that's uh, East Nashville, is that right? Um, I actually live in kind of South li- Nashville by the I live right by the by the airport. It's kind of a oh, okay. Yeah, I used to live in East Nashville. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, is Nashville getting pretty expensive these days, or? Yeah, it's uh, it's good news for me now though, because I I bought a house a couple of years ago, so oh, hope it gets nice. as expensive as it can get. Yeah, yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, it might be different if I you know grew up here, but so it's just yeah, yeah. But you uh, you plan to stay there long term, kind of thing. Yeah, that's the plan right now. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah, man, thanks. Um, I guess I just wanted to start by thanking you for uh, sending that uh, sort of that new record. Oh, yeah, man. To, is, is it okay to talk about those yeah, songs? Of or? course, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, I, I just, yeah. I didn't, um, I mean, I only listened a couple times through. I Usually I need to listen to an album like a half dozen times to really uh let it absorb but um but I, I i went for a walk earlier and and listened a couple times through and uh yeah it sounds uh it sounds really great man just kind of mostly just you and a guitar pretty much right yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty uh pretty spare um yeah yeah i like yeah. it though you know yeah i i um i thought it, it sounded it, terrific i mean I, 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 the songs that yeah yeah, the songs that sort of stuck out uh, was were uh, I don't know like uh, I really liked Windblow and uh, Your Aunt Liz was was really a really cool song. Oh, thanks. Um, Tides of War, uh, Pueblo, Oh Mama, uh, oh, thank all you. those songs. Yeah. yeah, those those are kind of the ones that stood out for me at first. But it's one of those records I I just really like the uh, like um, I don't know the guitar sounds really good and I love that you know that sort of that Travis picking style or that whatever i call it like the mississippi john hurt style of guitar or whatever. well thank you so much yeah i'm a i'm a terrible guitar player so it's it's fun to it's it's very nice to hear that thank you well i've i mean as somebody who's tried to like travis pick and and kind of do that moving bass line um with your thumb while you sort of add the melody and whatever with your fingers that's um i mean i still haven't um ever been able to pick that up so it's, i'm it's always so, impressed when i hear it it's so fun and again i'm a very i'm a very lazy person and so it's it's i i'm definitely glad i kept at that because what i the way i did it was just do a little bit every day when you get off of work and at a certain point it's kind of like the you kind of go over a hill with it like it just suddenly becomes easier and you and then you start and it starts getting really fun I was actually I was yeah. thinking about that today because the um, the thing that actually made me want to learn Travis picking was I saw a it was like an old guy on YouTube that did he did a cover of uh, Tom Paxton's uh, Last Thing on My Mind and I still love that okay. song that's a beautiful song I don't know if you, that was uh, that was one of the like OG I guess. Um, it's one of the like OG uh, New York sixties Greenwich Village. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, that was yeah, kind of one yeah, of yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with Paxton. I don't think I've heard that song, but I'll I'll have to look it up. It's really good. There's also an incredible version of Sandy Denny from uh, Fairport Convention fame. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. There's if you can find it. And I think it is actually round now. It used to be harder to find, but there's a live version of her with an upright bass player somewhere in the, uh, that's, do you ever have certain like music scenes you wish you could go and just be a fly on the wall and that? Oh man. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm that way for sure with the, uh, that whole kind of all those people that kind of swirled around the Fairport convention thing with, uh, yeah. Nick Drake and, uh, Richard Thompson Bert, and Linda Bert Thompson, Jan. and yeah, and it's yeah. so crazy they all knew each other and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, um, there was a uh, there was a track of her doing a live version of that Tom Paxton song with upright bass player 
uh at some point in the late 60s and it's so good it's really really good oh but yeah nice, that was what yeah. i wanted to do because and that's still one of my favorite things to play on travis making but it's yeah it's it's fun yeah yeah um yeah i i, I love uh sandy denny she lived a bit of a tragic life but man she, she had did, a beautiful yeah. voice yeah um How did she die i couldn't remember that i was trying to think of that i have a terrible memory anyway y- yeah i'm not I didn't know I'm if not it was exactly drugs or sure this or something like that. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure the circumstances. I I do think it was like an overdose. Like I I do know that Fairport the band got into a bad car accident at one point. Oh, too. so it was kind of a scary yeah. thing with them. Yeah, like um, I still got to read that book. Richard Thompson just released. Uh, I think it's called B Swing or something. Like what? a year or two ago. I gotta get. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get that. Yeah, it's like the whole sort of. That's my boy. Yeah, man, it's the whole story be, behind Fairport. Like, it only focuses. Oh man, on, that would like, be so cool. Well, yeah, check I was, it out. There was some. There's some interview I saw with, uh, or some music thing, years ago, where when he was still alive. Oh, who's that Scottish comedian? He was so good. Uh, he's dead now, but he uh, he was the dad in Boondock Saints. Billy oh. Connolly. Oh. And, Connor, yeah, yeah, and he was talking because yeah, he yeah. was a huge Fairport convention fan, and I always like the way he put it. He's like, he's like, he's like, I can't, I can't do a Scottish accent, but he was like, <laughs> he was like, let's shut up and kicked fuck music's ass. <laughs> like, you know, I was, <laughs> like that a lot because right. it's so great. Yeah. Like this idea of like, like with Fairport's uh, Maddie Gray, Maddie Maddie Groves, like doing this driving, you know. Uh, drum kit powered rock take on you know this almost like uh medieval sound yeah yeah um yeah i i uh yeah man there that's a whole that's a i mean i i gotta dive more into that that whole british isles folk scene but i love i i've i'm mostly familiar with like richard and linda's solo stuff oh it's so incredible that's some of the best music ever done it's so good i love it yeah yeah absolutely uh, incredible shoot out out the lights and um yeah uh, the greatest breakup album ever made yeah that's a terrific terrific record for sure yeah just Um, it's just poison i love it yeah (laughs) they can't even be in the same room for the cover photo i love that right he's he's leaned on the wall like a junkie and then she's a picture (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah man i should probably just give you a quick introduction here so i'm here with uh rayvon pettis and you go by rayvon yeah i do okay? or yeah okay cool um uh all right so and just to offer a little bit of context um so i yeah i hadn't man i hadn't really heard of your stuff until like i i kind of mentioned this in the email but uh, until I had Darren Bradbury on the show uh, a few weeks back. And um, I know you know oh, him, only. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, and fellow fellow Nashville songwriter. And so when I was doing research for that talk, I, he kept, I think, like in a couple different interviews I read, you know, your name came up as a songwriter that he really dug. And, and then I kind of parked that in the back of my mind. And then when I had him on the show you know, your name came up again. He mentioned you again. Um, and so I said, you know, the world's, uh, the world's telling me to, to listen to, uh, Rayvon Pettis here. So when I was, uh, when I was done talking to Darren, I, I 
went ahead and, and went on YouTube and looked you up. And I mean, I think the first thing that came up was, um, that live studio version. I think you're in a studio doing, uh, Lyle and Abdullah um, on, on YouTube. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this a lot. I know it's, I know a lot of people reacted very positively to that song, but, um, it's not very often that this happens, but I just, I, I listened to that song and it just absolutely blew my mind. Uh, I mean, I couldn't, uh, I had to listen to it a few times in a row. And then I, you know, I went on like ultimateguitar.com and, uh, and I saw that the chord progression was listed on there. So I, is it really? And, oh man. Yeah. I man. To, some, some, I need to do my job and Google myself some more and YouTube myself yeah, as well. I, yeah. I had no somebody idea. Somebody transcribed it. Yes. Yeah. Learn how so, to play that um, song then. <laughs> so yeah um so again I, I you've probably answered this a few times but i was just wondering if you could just just talk about um just talk about the genesis of that song like where that where that song idea came from maybe where you wrote it and like that kind of thing yeah man that one's weird uh the genesis was definitely so i deployed to afghanistan a couple times and so the uh i think I, I wrote it after the after the first deployment and that's one of the only ones i think that i wrote entirely in my head and the lyle and abdullah thing is weird because i i like i don't i i don't get the i don't get the i don't get the appeal of it to me it doesn't it doesn't have like a it doesn't have a lot of energy and it doesn't have a really great hook or whatever i don't know like right, um right. And, uh, uh, I do, I had kind of wrote, I'd kind of wrote it in my head. It was, it was, uh, you know, not to get too much into it, but there's tragedy and, and I mean, you know, Afghanistan is this sad story that keeps getting sadder. And, uh, it was, uh, loosely based on a couple of things including a, a real life tragedy of these two people that had fallen in love that I re- that I read on a uh, back in the day. I want to say it was called. You have to forgive me too. I have a really bad memory. Memories are <laughs> okay. reconstructed anyway. You know, there's little yeah. worker bees in your head trying to repaint the picture every time you're trying to pull it up. But um, uh, as best as I can remember it, there was a. You know what? It might have been after the second deployment then too. So I might have been two deployments in Afghanistan under my belt when I did that. But um, because I remember there was a uh, there was like a I think this system was called Tiger back in the day. But you would get uh, what's called insums, which is like intelligence summary, and that was part of um, that's just kind of like part of the information you'd get, and they'd have little blips that were you know, the information world is a lot of times comes with, uh, these kind of things, but, um, there was a store, there was a, there was a, like a, like a, in some incident they were, had been talking about where, uh, um, I think that's where I saw it. I'm doubling back a lot. You know, I want to make sure I, I, I remember, I'm, I'm making sure I, I don't try to embellish anything and speak only with what I remember, but, right. um, because there was a, uh, a thing where it was these uh it was a uh, two different tribes so i think it's probably like a tajik and a pashtun village because okay. a lot of times you'll have the little villages they'll be one or the other and they had eloped 
And in real life, what happened was the, uh, um, they would, the, I want to say as best I remember, it was the, uh, the, the girl had kind of panicked a little bit. And so she called her mother who convinced them to come home. Everything's going to be fine. We'll work it out. They came home and they got burned alive to death. And so I just wow. thought it was the saddest thing in the whole world. And so it, yeah, I guess it, yeah. that was the weirdest thing about that song. I think it, I, you know, I don't know if it was anyway, it, it just came together in my head. I remember, I do remember the first time I, I was playing it just because, you know, I never sat down and wrote it at any time. It was just kind of writing itself in my head. And so my wonderful friend Lulu, who's also a good friend of Darren Bradbury, um, I was over at her house and she had a electric guitar with, I remember it, it's one of, one of many amazing electric guitars she owns and it's constantly fixing and reselling and stuff. Um, okay. She made my, my, the acoustic guitar you hear on that record too, by the way. But um, I was over at her she house. She made that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she wow. weird okay. it, um, which is why I love it. It sounds so good. But um, yeah, she, uh, had an electric guitar and I remember it was painted because I had to kind of like a cool world thing on part of it but on the face but I like I hadn't really done electric guitar that much and so I was having fun just kind of strumming around on it and that and I was I just had it in my head so I was just I was just strumming on that song and so it was Lulu was like no I think that's a song and I was like nah it's, it's just whatever <laughs> she was like oh, you, ought to, you ought to play that but yeah that was yeah, so then I just, you know, didn't do it on electric. I just slowed it down to the acoustic. Again, that's one, yeah. you know, I think the moral of that story is to... That was something, you know, the guy that... the I love the the comic Berserk. That guy just died, which is so sad because he'd, you know, he spent all this time working on it. But um, just incredible art thing. But the uh, the thing that really broke it out and made it world famous was actually technically like a prelude almost to what was being going to be the main story. It was almost like a Proust kind of thing. And I, I read an interview with him where he said something I thought it was really smart where he said, you know, I was meaning to only do like a couple issues into the story, but it just kept going and going, but I told myself I'm going to finish it out. And then even though it was supposed to be the prelude and it is, he was saying that's what ended up making breaking it out and so he said my my lesson learned there was to trust my tangents yeah i think that was kind of i guess what i learned with lylan abdullah to trust yeah. the tangent <laughs> something that seems something that seemed worth it to work through for me even though i didn't think anybody else would be interested in it. <laughs> well i think that what i think what strikes me about it is just the originality like well first of all like it's a I mean, you've got a uh, a beautiful voice. Like it kind of you mentioned well, Greenwich you. Village. Yeah, man, you mentioned Greenwich Village, Village earlier, and uh, it almost it almost puts me in mind. Your voice almost puts me in mind of like, I mean, it's an original. You have an original voice, but it's it's almost like a Phil Oaks style mm. or something like that. Yeah, you know, I don't know who and, that is. I'll have to check that out. I'm, I'm yeah, he's that like a, right now. Yeah, man, he's a he's he was a Greenwich Village dude. He. Uh, committed suicide at like 35 but he oh, uh, he wrote yeah but he wrote some 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 really beautiful stuff too um but so with Lyle and Abdullah it 
yeah, like it's your your vocal. It's a vocal melody, I think, and it's the way you kind of switch up the vocal melody a little bit. Um, like, I think it's that one line where you say, like, you know, he went and got an education. You you kind of alter the melody a little bit, the the vocal melody a little bit there, and uh, which I really dig. And Thank I you. don't know. And then just and then just all like the um, Af- Afghan references, like that it just makes it a really original uh, uh, lyric too. Like, you know, you, you reference like the Kandahar smile and on a Tajik joke. And I mean, uh, what's the, uh, yeah, that was a, that was based on, because I used to do, uh, I was for a very short amount of time. I was in a program that was under uh, an army branch called civil affairs. So even though that wasn't my branch, I was thrown into that. And so for, I think about six months I had to do, which is like, um, DOD funded uh, humanitarian aid and and projects and things. So uh, I was actually conversational at Farsley back in the day. This is years and years. Ago. Oh wow! But so okay. I was out there all the time. So I was in Ashura for the Dadati district, which is a Tajik area. But I remember there was a guy who I knew the language and the culture just well enough to pick up that he was very Pashtun and it might've been because he was a councilman on an almost uh, universally Tajik council that he was doing this, but he came in. uh, So Tajik will, you know, they'll wear more like turbans a lot of times as opposed to the different like uh, Polkas and the, I think anyway, like the different, like the round hat you see like Masood wearing and things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he was, had an enormous turban and a very like different, and it was so funny because he was he was apparently this really hilarious guy. So like when he walked into the council, he was just like, oh, hey, <laughs> like it was like Kramer <laughs> entering Seinfeld's <laughs> right. apartment. Like it was he was had so much energy and fun, and uh, and they were telling me that you know my translator was there and they were telling me yeah this guy and I was like he looks Pashtun I was like oh yeah he makes a big deal out of being Pashtun he's this cool guy and he loves telling all these jokes on the Tajik and I was like that's that's so funny so that's where that came from with the the idea was that Lily's father was a similar kind of spirit this really hilarious great humored you know fun uh wise older Pashtun guy who loved telling a good Tajik joke. And is Pashtun, it, is that a region of Afghanistan or is it a dialect or I'm not even it's sure what that means. Both. It's um, it's a tribe that uh, has it. This is one of the reasons that there's um, enormous amount of problems in terms of making Afghanistan work as a state as opposed to a nation because um as a nation, uh, East Afghanistan is where you get to essentially Pashtunistan, where you have this okay. area. And on the Pakistan sign, so you have the line called the Durrani line that the British had set up. But it's a line essentially going right down the middle of the ethnic nation of the Pashtun. And so they, they're they like, well, I, I don't, a lot of, you know, so a lot of Pashtun people, especially rural Pashtun people, just don't recognize it and don't, you know, and you can understand why not, like, you know, and uh, because they, you know, they don't understand why they should be part of a state that answers to 
a uh, governmental authority in Kabul as opposed to just recognize the uh, family and, and, you know, warmth of their, of the a community that is them and their neighbors, you know, right, family, right. you know, who, who unlike, you know, but anyway, the, uh, on the, on the Pakistan sign, it's the, it's the Fatas, which are the federally administered tribal areas. And then on the, uh, um, yeah, but so that whole area is, is where the Pashtun live, but Pashtun, it's also, they're, they're all over Afghanistan. They're the largest tribe in Afghanistan with the Tajik. Okay. As a second. Okay. And then, yeah, Afghanistan is in, it's because of historically it was the Silk Road. You have enormous amounts of much more so than a lot of the quote unquote stands. Afghanistan has enormous amounts of tribes. And so you have the Pashtun, you have the Tajik, and then you have the Uzbek, which is an enormous influence on the culture. Um, and, uh, and you have other ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned the, the Uzbek line in that song too so oh yeah that's it mm -hmm. that, yeah. that's um and that's like northern the northern afghanistan border yeah so the song line? yeah so the song takes place in mazar sharif which is like the right. fourth biggest and it's a big city in the north and uh and then just north of that is so it's 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 very like tajik influenced and and uh but then also like so it's not that far at all from uh um, Tajikistan, or okay. excuse me, Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan in the north. Yeah, yeah. Tajikistan's yeah. up there too, but it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty unfamiliar with the country on a whole. Like, I mean, as a Canadian, I think, um, I mean, you'd know better than I would, but I think our presence, the Canadian military's presence, was mostly in Kandahar province. I think, um. Yeah, I'm pre I'm pretty sure. So, did you spend time in Kandahar as well, or I just the northern did. region? I lived in Kandahar for about six months. Yeah. Oh wow. 2013, wow. ten years ago. Jesus. Okay. Did you run into any Canadians or meet any Canadians? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I because I, I just had this deployment um, in uh, Baghdad uh, for nine months, and I there was a fantastic. Um, Canadian Lieutenant Colonel who I would work out with at the gym and hang out with. And he's a great guy. And uh, he told me something that blew my mind, which is because I love trailer park boys. And he oh, was yeah. telling me it's so good. And he was telling me about how Lucy from trailer park boys is a, I want to say she's either like a major or Colonel in the Canadian uh, military. Yeah. And he yeah, actually like, he worked with, I think he said he worked at the building with her. And, okay. Yeah, and he's like, "That's a great soldier." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I looked it up. I was like, "Damn, that's so cool." Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then, um. Um. I, and I, I remember. Do, wanna... do you know? Do you know Bruce Coburn talking about Canadians? Yeah, man. Yeah, he's um, so good. And I... and you know his brother was a was a colonel in the army, which is how okay. there's a video. There's a YouTube video of him in some. Bob in Afghanistan playing I wish I had a rocket launcher to rocket, Canadian oh yeah, a, soldier. Yeah. It's a fabulous it's song. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because his brother was a colonel, I guess he said that. It's great. Yeah, and I think I, I I read that your uh wasn't your so your dad is Pierce Pettis, who was also a songwriter. Now he mm -hmm. was he was he on 
Bruce's label at one point, or did he have anything or something? Oh North Lord, Road? what a good question! I need to ask him that. Um, I, th- he I thought I a, re- read that. I know he had a connection through the legacy of Mark Ford, who right. was an amazing. I don't know if you've ever checked him out, but he Mark Hurd was that's that's pretty close to like number one for me. Mark Hurd's one of the best ones ever. He did a record called Satellite Sky, which which I just live my life by. But um, when he died suddenly and very way too soon, um, there was a uh, compilation of artists doing his songs. And I know Bruce Coburn, it turned out had really, really loved him. And he did. And Bruce Coburn did an amazing cover of strong hand of love. Okay. Which is so good. And it works so well for his, like, he has such a like deep, like, uh, like, uh, earth spirit kind of voice <laughs> and then right. coupled with right. his amazing really gleaming guitar style um yeah but uh it worked out really perfect for that but so so my father was really good friends with mark hurt and so i know they had that connection but he was on a number of different labels i should really know that he was on a he was on a number of different labels in the 90s okay. here in nashville they yeah. might have been on one at the same time yeah okay is your dad? Does your dad still live in Alabama? He does. He still lives in North Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so yeah. So just getting back there a little bit. So you grew up in Fort Payne, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's uh? Any anything anything stand out about that town? Like what? Like did you live there your entire childhood and adolescence? No, I was born in North Carolina, and then oh okay, I lived in Georgia for a little bit, and then I ended up in Fort Payne. So Fort Payne was where I lived more than anywhere else. But um, anyway, it, yeah, the uh, – sorry, what was the second part of that question? Um, oh, things about Fort Payne, yeah. Um, Fort Payne is where the band Alabama is from. So okay. the country okay. music, Eagles-styled supergroup Alabama came from yeah, man. Fort yeah. Payne. Yeah, I know them. I know them half decent. I mean, I, I, I wore out that um, – tribute album that came out a few years back that's um, right i need to listen to that again didn't didn't jason isbel do one on that yeah isbel and um uh the guy from uh, is it john paul oh yeah the because um, the the civil wars guy from north alabama too that's right civil wars guy exactly yeah. yeah um they did old flame i think which is a really really good song oh yeah uh, yeah and then like old crow medicine show did Dixieland oh cool delight which oh, is, uh, I need to dig that album up again. That's I always love when uh, I always love when Americana people do like a fun Americana and country people do like a fun tribute thing. I remember, did you did you hear the one? What was it? Uh, I remember years ago they did it was it was a really good one. They they got a bunch of people to do Springsteen's "Born in the USA" with because oh, no the 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 story. I don't know if it's true, but the story goes that Springsteen had wanted that to be a more, or was at least considering it, having it be more like Nebraska, which it was the one before it with more stripped down and Hank influenced. And then it didn't end up doing it, which thank God, but they, so they did like, what if born in the USA, he had done it with a more kind of Nebraska energy. And so it was really good. I remember uh, the Mississippi all-stars did, my hometown that I think kind of won the record, but it was all really, really good. Trampled by turtles did 
Oh, they did Going Down. That was really good. Yeah, that was on that too. Okay, I'll have to dig that up. Yeah, I've never, uh, I didn't know that existed. That's it's great, cool. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so so were you into music in a big way as a kid, or? Uh, um, a little bit. I, I don't think I got really into music till I, till I was an adult. Um, yeah. I think I just kind of listened to what was on the radio. My brother got me into cool stuff. I think he was one of the yeah. first times I heard like music that was not just a single, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Like an older brother. Mm-hmm. No, younger brother. Younger brother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and were you aware of like, were you aware that your dad, um, I mean, you, obviously you were aware, but like, um, did you sort of follow like your dad's career when you were younger? Like, were you, were you pretty, um, informed you know, of what I he wish was I would have followed it more. I think I kind of ignored it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean whoever you know whoever you are your your parents are never cool when you're especially when you're a teenager or whatever but i, I wish i would have paid more attention now yeah 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 i wish i would have let him teach me more about guitar i guess it's not too late he's a fantastic yeah. open he's a fantastic guitarist and, he's a, and his his specialty is open c and um okay i've i've been what was it i went to a i went to somewhere there wasn't some folk thing and somebody was playing all open sea and he was like, Hey, it's great to meet the son of the open sea guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> they have like a little crew. It's fun. Right. Right. Yeah. But he does. Yeah. I can, stuff I, with it. yeah I can, I can kind of relate to that. Like my, my dad was sort of a sports nut. I, I didn't really, I don't know. I wasn't really, uh, I, I kind of wish my dad was a music uh, nut when I was growing up, but yeah, because uh, but it's always like you know we always run away from I guess what our parents are doing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like I just looked on a map there with Fort Payne, and like I saw that it was kind of like in the middle of like you know you've got like I guess Huntsville and Chattanooga to the north, and like Atlanta and Birmingham to the south. Was was there like a big city or like a like a yeah you know funny enough that you identified with chattanooga, chattanooga was the one yeah that was always the one we'd get to go to if we were good and um chattanooga was amazing and it's just yeah. still amazing it's a wonderful city and uh yeah. so yeah we used to chattanooga was actually the closest one and that's the funny it was it's such northeast alabama like that corner so georgia and tennessee have never felt that foreign or alien to me um right yeah chattanooga is amazing yeah it's funny yeah i've I've, uh i don't know i've I've been all over the south but i've never i've never been in chattanooga but um so you and you lived you've lived like in the bigger you've lived in birmingham and atlanta i did right yeah birmingham is so cool i wish i knew about birmingham growing up birmingham's birmingham's might be the best city there is yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really love it i was just yeah, there the other I, day actually oh no way yeah okay. i would love it do you yeah. know do you know uh do you know ryan saab he's from there too talk about amazing yeah, national yeah. people yeah man i uh i actually like when i was going through your stuff i heard uh live from nowhere yeah 
Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, where you and him kind of trade off live that songs. That was, he made that happen. Ryan Sobs is an, an incredible songwriter and he's, he's also one of the nicest guys in the world. And so he had, I think he had just scraped together like $400 or something like that. And he was like, I'd rather do like a, like a camping week or something. He's like, I gotta, I gotta do like a camping vacation or something. Or, uh, cause he's real outdoorsy and stuff. And he was like, I can do that. Or, or we can do like EP. And so he did the EP. Yeah, no. And, and, um, that was such a cool thing. Cause I knew him, but I didn't know him really well when we did that. And it was cool doing that because we just kind of traded off, you know, songs. And, um, I had no idea just how really good he is before I done before I did that. That's wildly intimidating to be behind the booth watching him knock out those takes, and right. uh, and then you got to do something next. So I I think probably those are probably to whatever my degree or my opinions uh, trustworthy. I think that's that might be the, like the best Ravon music takes on on anything. And I think that's probably why so I was I was, I was heading to head, I was head to head with the incredible Ryan Saab. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, w- was that performed in front of a crowd? No, it wasn't. Um, it was uh, just because, you know, it was like uh, uh, it's it was a, the incredible Trace Horse Studios. And so it was just kind of a one and it was like they were like we weren't going to be bringing in any any additional production or anything on it. Um, and so I don't know how we started talking about it. It'd be funny to act like it's live and it's not. I want to say that I want to say famously, um, Guns N' Roses did that with one of their records where they like, okay, they might have. Okay. If I'm if I'm if I'm misremembering this, sorry, Axel, but I want to say <laughs> I'd heard that they did one, it was one of their later 90s records where they did. Um, yeah. where they like they did like a pad like added crowd stuff and then he acted like he was talking to the crowd yeah like, it's kind of a smart yeah, idea yeah. then you can get your audio straight you know but yeah yeah I do yeah but I do remember going along kind of with the bit I did make myself do I'm pretty sure I held fast to it I tried to make myself do just one take for all those songs because I wanted it I wanted um, I wanted a one take energy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And those were all original songs of yours, right? Idea. That's that's a. I was thinking about that the other day. I, you know, because there's been so many times. That's kind of that's kind of your angry young man energy is to be like, no, we got to keep it real, and there's something real about the first take or whatever. But um, I don't know. There's been a lot of times where I've been really lucky to work with very talented and patient people. And so there's been a couple of times where I was drugged, like kicking and screaming to do another take on something and it ended up being better. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not a, I don't swear by the one to three takes anymore. I've seen, right, right. yeah, I've seen people do like 20 takes and 18's a one, you know, different yeah, people are yeah. different. Way, but yeah. I, I've heard Darren spoke really highly of Ryan Saab too. So oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, so I don't, uh, what what yeah Darren and Ryan what, are both incredible. Very yeah. lucky to call them my friends. Yeah, D- Darren told me to. Um, I don't do a whole lot of 
I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm not, I'm not on Instagram, but Darren said, if you go on Instagram, tell Ryan, bug Ryan to send you a song called Two Phones, uh, acoustic version. He said the band version's really good, but uh, his song Two Phones, uh, acoustic is, uh, is what you got to hear. So I'm, I'm trying to track that one down, but yeah. Well, the one there's, I mean, so much of Ryan's stuff is so good. There's, um, there's the check out. I mean, there's, I'm just thinking of so many now, but check out one called Charlotte Avenue that I really adore. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. I, yeah. He's, okay, his cool. songs are, his songs are so good. And, and, uh, they're all, there's a really, sp- and his, his, his chord, his chord progression and guitar work is so good. I, Cause he did, he did, uh, I was talking to someone who had made a record where Ryan had, had done a lot of he just came in kind of as a it's like the nashville thing he just came in as like a hot hands doing some some tracks on like just with guitar and like he's so much he's really good with guitar he's just a really fantastic uh, guitarist and he's really good at using chord progression to create a complicated feeling uh i wish i could do that i sure can't because like when uh um, I think maybe sometimes I can do a powerful feeling, but, <laughs> but, yeah. but to me, that's something that that's like a Kurt Cobain touch is where you can do have, right. a, have songs that elicit just, just almost this really loaded, complicated, almost like a song version of a loaded metaphor kind of, and yeah, Ryan's yeah. stuff just always leaves you thinking so much harder than you meant to after listening to a rock folk song or that's cool. So you've, yeah, you've collaborated with quite a few different folks. Um, do you do you do co-writes too, or do you mostly just write by yourself? Um, I think I mostly do it by myself. But uh, Anna Joy Harris is one of the few people I'll, I've I've done a lot of co-writes with. Okay, and um, that's just because she's a genius. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, I did a good. I did a co-write with Matt Heck. I like a lot called Michigan Mansion, and um, and then that might be it. That might be right. I'll co-write. Uh, I'll co-write things with my wife. Your your wife? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. She's she's a songwriter as well. She is. She is when I make when I when I when I beg her. Okay. okay. <laughs> she. We did a that thing that the really goofy track on that last record was me doing the the one like parody weird all kind of thing was when we did. Uh, I did a version of uh, Guy Clark's Texas 1947 as Lord of the Rings with Hulk in 1947. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so she. What's funny is I'm not actually Lord of the Rings nerd. Because I had other people be like, "Oh, so you're really in Lord of the Rings?" I'm, I'm, I'm not that big a Lord of the Rings nerd, um, but she is. And so when I just kind of started the idea, she was making. She was like, "No, that's not where they went. It's not what you're talking." Like. <laughs> so uh, she got all the all the fandom and the lore correct right. on that song. So like all the all the all the fun made up names or where they're supposed to be. Right. So that's I've, that's a great example of that. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you're no, so you're not a Lord of the Rings guy, but you're you're. I read somewhere that you uh, you're kind of into comics and stuff, right? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Like, do you do any like Ill- illustrating or anything like that, or do you just sort of? No, I you know? don't. And you know, Darren does. Oh, um, does he? Okay. Yeah, he's a very Renaissance man. Um, no, I don't. I don't do. 
Yeah, I used to do some painting. My wife does. My yeah. wife's an amazing painter. Okay. But uh, no, I I'm, I don't illustrate comics or anything. That sounds fun though. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, maybe I should try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so many. There's a lot of songwriters that like paint. Is like, I mean, I I like uh, mm. like Bob Dylan's paintings are pretty good. I don't know if you've ever seen any, but yeah, he, he's decent. I did, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I mean Joni Mitchell too, because I remember apparently he asked her for painting advice on something. Okay, okay, yeah, because she's a good painter. Yeah, and like and painted a number of her album covers, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you a Joni Mitchell fan? Yeah, I love Joni Mitchell. It's hard. Not oh yeah, to talking about Canadians. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's national it's, treasure. Yeah, man. It's hard not to, you know, recognize her genius. Like. Oh, one of the best there's ever been. I, I that's mean, that's talking about. I always love when you see that someone's someone's probably cleared that goalpost of getting getting a record where just every single song is stellar because so it's hard to find. And um, Joni Mitchell's Blue is one of those for sure. Yeah, it's just all it's just, you just have to stand in awe of it that she was able to pull that off. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man, for sure. There's um, not a there's not a dud in the in the mix, and it's like a long album. It's like what ten songs, I'm like ten, eleven, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just yeah, every single one. It's it's funny how many songwriters like like cite her. I mean, um, mm. like it's just incredible. The like like I'll, I'll, just so many songwriters that I admire just mention her. Um, you know, above just about anybody, you know, like, and, um, I mean, I'm not a great guitarist, so I don't, but they mention like Joni Mitchell's t- tunings and stuff like that. But like, mm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, absolutely. But like, I'm too, one of the best guitarists to ever do it. Yeah. 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 And I, I wish I knew more about guitar tunings and stuff. I'm, I'm pretty dense when it comes to that stuff. Like, cause I could probably recognize, oh, I, I could probably recognize her genius a little bit more than I, uh, than I do. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, her, I don't know. Her songwriting is incredible. So yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah she paints. So she paints and and um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I can't draw for shit. But yeah, it's it's, it's funny how different how you know one creative uh, endeavor can you know how one person can be so talented at multiple creative endeavors. So yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, Canadian music band that I. Uh, I like, I think more than even most to, I'm going to steal a line from Fargo with more than even most folks, even, but, uh, <laughs> um, I love the bare naked ladies Yeah, and okay. I've loved them forever. And they, they have a lot of songs that are just really achingly gorgeous. Yeah. Um, was that one? Cause I, I've, I used to play that. I need to re- learn it again. Was the, uh, yeah. When I was young. Look at me and say, what a good boy. You remember that one? Um, it was like, got these chains hanging around. All next people want to strangle us with before we... It's, it was, that's a really beautiful song. I'm not yeah, sure. really good. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not like overly familiar with their catalog. Um, speaking of Bruce Coburn, they do a really great version of Lovers they in a sure Dangerous do. Time. They covered uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Time. That's mm-hmm. right. They did one of the one of the best... Coburn covers for sure. Yeah, which I God, what a song. I love that songwriting. Yeah, I love Good that Lord. song a lot. Yeah, and Don't the hours grow shorter as the days go by. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, if Coburn just yeah, just, just keep uh, pick, picking at darkness till it bleeds daylight, really good. Yeah, yeah. Golly, how do you write that? 
I know. Like, <laughs> How do you do that? That one's good. <laughs> like if he just wrote Rocket Launcher and uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, I think he could he is, retire on those two. You know, he did a, one of my favorite songs of his was he did a Christmas album. And so he wrote like a Christmas song for the record. And it is just so flat, gorgeous. Uh, Shepherds. Um, and I think he had on a couple albums, but the one, the version from that Christmas album is fantastic. I think it's from like 94. Um, uh, just a really beautiful song. Okay. Was the, uh, it's called they Shepherds. Wake up suddenly. Yeah. It's like they wake up suddenly in the night. There is light and figures dancing in the sky. Well, in more colors than the world can contain. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things where uh, I think Steve Earle pointed that out where it was like the mark of total genius is where the song's so good you don't even realize it's not rhyming. Right. Um, yeah. That's one of those. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. I love I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Who man. knows what's really good or not, especially in the songwriting game, but uh, I like that one. Yeah. It makes me feel great. Steve Earle's a big one for me too. Um, I love him so much. I'll never stop loving. I was just listening. Have you listened to that minor one he just did? Uh, it was the last from either last year, or the year before. Uh, had one on it. Uh, it had a song on it. I've I, that's been like my song of the week was um, uh, Union God and Country. Okay. No. Nope. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think I've like skimmed through that album but no I, I think the last one i listened to him he, he keeps doing these tribute albums and he did one for jerry jeff walker yeah I he's think. been he's been on a kick for that yeah because he did and i think part of that is because yeah like oh so awful like his son died and then guy clark died yeah around the same time and so he he did too yeah um yeah but yeah i mean speaking of beautiful songs like i just um that song "Goodbye" he wrote um, Ugh, is is incredible. Stunning. And Fort Worth Blues. I was just down in Texas, yeah, a, a while ago. And uh, talking about tribute songs, that's one of the best. Yeah, I I made a trip to um, Towns's gravesite. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, like uh, north. I'd love to do that. It was just north of Fort Worth, um, mm. in a place called Pecan Acres, Texas. And uh, but um, you know, I'm I'm kind of a cheesy person like that you know I'll, so i listened to like fort worth blues the song he wrote for towns you know while driving to the uh the gravesite you know because i'm a i'm a loser but but uh, anyways it was a good no that's fantastic it, it was a good experience man that sounds like the most fun th- that sounds like the most fun thing to do in the world yeah God, i want to do that now yeah. i would love to just like burn some years in texas anyway texas and new mexico yeah. i liked what was it uh new mexico is so cool and i loved wasn't it it wasn't talking about because steve earl he's you know he's the last of the trio still standing and so he's ended up in a position to do tribute songs for both towns and guy clark now and they're both spectacularly good yeah and uh the, i don't know if you've heard the because it was on so you want to be an outlaw that his his song for guy clark was amazing it's goodbye and uh goodbye um michelangelo oh right, right. and uh yeah, it was what he was like. He's like, was like, you're going, you're going for, you know, maybe first to heaven, or if he's like, maybe you're going to heaven, or maybe New Mexico, or something right. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's beautiful. Really good. Have you been to New Mexico? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I love it. It's yeah. a be- yeah, it's a beautiful state. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like Cucumcari, New Mexico might be. If I retired, if I picked anywhere to retire, it might be that. Okay, okay. That's one of my favorite places on earth. Yeah, I when I was in Texas, I picked up this biography on Doug Som. And, um, yeah, yeah, and oh, he, yeah, he died like in Taos, uh, in like a motel room in Taos. And, uh, did he really? Yeah, and I, I, didn't I, know I, that. I was there a few years back, and I, you know, I was I just, it drugs or something like that? I don't, I don't know, yeah, it was like he had a heart problem, and uh, oh, poor buddy, yeah, um, I don't think it was hard drugs, but like, I think it was just, uh, yeah, I think it was just a defective heart, but, um, but mm. yeah, I, I'm a sucker for music history, so I was in Taos, but I didn't realize that when I was there that he died there. So I, I probably would have sought out that place too. But <laughs> well, there's a cool thing with Steve Earle and Doug Som because Doug Som was the one dude from San Antonio, yeah. And so Steve Earle always considered him like the kind of like the, a spiritual father in a lot of ways. And so there's a great my favorite Doug Som. I mean, they're all amazing, but my favorite Doug Som album is the one with the saloon doors on it, and it's a live album. It's just unbelievably good. Yeah, uh, that's the one where it has a uh, just every track is amazing. I, I was just thinking of uh, his cut of uh, Nuevo Laredo on oh, that. Okay, yeah, in a little border town. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Way down there in the Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. it Spider Senorita there? <laughs> Such a good song. And yeah. uh, but he, when he does Freddie, he covers Freddie Fender's uh, "Wasted Days and Wasted Nights." Yes, another incredible yeah. song. And yeah. what's cool is before he does it, he does a shout out. He's like, "This is by the amazing Freddie Fender, Freddie." This is for you, buddy, wherever you are. And like, and here, and here's why this that's cool is because, or where that comes up is so famously, Steve Earle uh, gets everything he ever dreamed of when he's barely older than a teenager, and then loses it all to drugs and craziness. Right. And but there's a fantastic so like kind of the the gentleman's way off a label the way it used to be is to give you kind of toss you a live album and then you're done and so rca did that with him with shut up and die like an aviator which was uh recorded in canada by the way oh wow um okay yeah and so that was the end uh like he did that and he went to prison <laughs> like it all came crashing down and then nobody saw him again for years till he came smashing back with um train of coming right but uh yeah. and then you have the new the era of the post uh the post heroin steve earl okay thank god but uh so and shut up and die like an aviator so again that was like his last thing it was kind of like he and he's there's a spirit there's a feeling like he knows he's singing at the edge of an apocalypse <laughs> like it's all it's all over now and so i gotta hear that he ends mm. with he ends with uh dead flowers fantastically oh, but stones, the yeah. song right before that so it's like his last second to last song on his second to last record for all of rca and he you know and he thought this is the end this will be the last time i get to say anything and people hear it and so he starts it up and he does he covers uh doug psalms uh about a mover and oh, before nice. he starts it he goes that's for you doug there you are and like and it was so cool because it was like only people that knew that doug psalm live album would have got what he was doing there right wow oh wow that's he cool. was doing what doug psalm did for freddie friend it's very cool right 
I gotta listen to that. Um, I, yeah, I just looked it up. It was recorded in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, which is only like thirty-five minutes from where I live. So, are you serious? Yeah, man. Yeah, it was right that, that might be, need to be your next uh, musical history quest. Yeah, you can go see where the last raucous Steve Earle concert <laughs> happens in terms of uh, what got you know what made it onto an album, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to go there see the stage. <laughs> yeah, man. Um. Yeah, Steve's played. He's in he's in fantastic apocalyptic form through that whole album. It's great. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's not going quiet into that good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask you too about speaking of legendary songwriters. You you mentioned Dave David Olney a lot. You, are you a big fan? Yeah. of Yeah. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I know you you have that. Uh, what's the song? Fiery. Um, uh, what's the yeah? Song? Fire Angel. Fire Angel. Tribute to. Yeah, there was a tribute to David only. And then one um, of the songs yeah. that you sent me today, you men- um, you mentioned his name again in one of the songs. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of that song, but yeah. You really listen to these Rayvon songs, man. That's, that's <laughs> I'm so flattered. This was really nice, man. That's, yeah. Well, man, I I, um, I, I just love yeah. uh, I just love the art of songwriting, and I I I love just to, you know. I love when people take it seriously because I mean I write too, but I just I just admire the art so much because it's just so hard to do well. And because believe me, because I've I've tried for years to write, you know, something that I'm proud of, and I just it's just a really difficult thing to do to write something I'm proud of. So when I, you know, when I hear a song like Lyle and Abdullah or something like that, even though you said you know you don't understand the appeal fully or whatever. But like when I hear a song like that, I'm just like, man, like that's that song to me is a song that like will exist forever. Cause that's just, man, yeah, thank that, you for saying that. I, I hope anybody digs it. I, I'm not sure. I wasn't trying to come down on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, or, well, I'm like that uh, too. I, I beat myself no, up too, but yeah. <laughs> and it's a, uh, and um no it's a, any you know anyone who ever wants to hear any of those songs i'll i'll, I'll play them whatever yeah. degree i can yeah 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 so i just i don't I'm know i'm just I, so flattered anybody likes any of them yeah i just i just love when people take it take the art of it seriously because there's i don't know i mean people listen to music for all different types of reasons but i mean i just i pretty much focus on the song and and i figure you know it doesn't matter what equipment you're using or or what your what the recording sounds like. I mean, I don't really give a shit about stuff like that. I just care about whether it's a good song or not. So yeah, you know, I sure hope there's anything true to that because that's that was definitely when everything was just when when it was just so stripped down on that last album. Um, I was definitely trying to tell myself something like that. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah, that's probably about as true as it isn't. I don't yeah. know. I was thinking about that because there's some there's some songs where. I I I, re- I realized thinking back on it, you know, I might actually be just liking the production more than the song. Here. <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I was thinking about uh, um, I've gotten in trouble before with uh having this opinion. Not really, but uh, there's the song uh, "My Girl," and because I realized, I was like, honestly, I think that that the the Motown crew is doing such an incredible job. Just like I love the fact that they. They were so good at being able to make a hit out of anything. And so it's a wonderful song. But um, to me, my favorite part of the song is not anything in the melody or lyrics. It's just that. Dum, 
Boom, 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 boom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got, like just that whole, it just comes to get like that whole, it's like a, it's like a opening scene of a movie or something. It just comes together so powerfully and hooks and you don't have a chance to not listen to the rest of the song. So you're already in love with the song before the melody even starts. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, and Motown, you know, just reinvented what a baseline could be. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you yeah, th- but anyway, <laughs> no, but you're right. That's something also, I think Steve Earle talks about that, where it's like, yeah, if you just get this, if you can focus on a song and learn how to do it right, like, um, and that's definitely something, it's crazy how long, what a wide space of time we're talking about, that he's been just really, really good at not messing that up. Yeah, yeah. Because he- I was thinking about, like, like, I'm just, I've been grooving the Union God and Country, like, the last couple of days, and I was like, I've also, you know, just, just like, at different points in my life, I've been grooving to Devil's Right Hand. And he wrote Devil's Right Hand when he was a teenager. Yeah. Wrote Union God and Country in his sixties. Like that's that's a long space of time to not be messing that up. Yeah, man. To be able to actually do it. I'm pretty envious. And and Steve's like the least precious guy around too. Like you know how some yeah. you know, <laughs> that's you know, a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like he, there, he there, doesn't there's some songwriters yeah. that are like, you know, they kind of they're, they they let you know how good they are, kind of. You know what I mean. And and but yeah. with, with Steve, it's like, you know, he's the most seems like the most regular dude that you'd ever meet. And he he's not doesn't seem pretentious at all. He's just he just writes really damn good songs. Like yeah, for years and years and years. You know, like like there's yeah. no, like there's no mystery. Like you know, like with Towns Van Zant or something. Like there was always like a real mystery with that guy. Like fuck, he's a genius. But like, but at the same time, like. You know, like he writes these beautiful songs, but with Steve, he writes the beautiful songs, but you could also imagine having a beer with him or something, you know? Yeah, I have a, I've been wildly, I have a wildly unpopular opinion, which is that Steve Earle's a lot better than Towns Van Zandt. Yeah. And uh, I'll stand, I'll, what, is, what did he say? I'll, I'll stand on his Bob cowboy coffee table, I'll, I'll cowboy st- coffee table and, and shoes or whatever. I'll do that. <laughs> sure. Tell Steve Earl I'm coming. I'm going to stand on him. I'm going to tell that to him because uh, like Town Van Zandt does all his great songs, but like the Steve Earl really puts, there's just a certain amount of content. Like I don't think like Town Van Zandt has all these amazing songs. Like I don't think a single one of them could top Copperhead Road. It right. can work as well as it does in all the different ways it does. Like you can be listening to it. like before again, like before I even liked music, I loved that song. Yeah, because um, yeah. it would be on the radio, and it's just so incredible. I remember thinking, like, man, I wish there's more country music like that. Like it just so, like like you said, it's just not precious. It's really edgy. Yeah, it sounds like people actually talk. Yeah, in, yeah, in, in the deep south for sure. Yeah, and uh, um. And it tells that whole story, and it's this multi-gen, you know, it's like three minutes or something, and some multi-generational, compelling epic of outlawry in, you know, Tennessee, and, and making a through line from uh, prohibition era scoundrels to, uh, you know, uh, the, finding finding their grand, you know, their grandkids running from the was it the DA's got a chopper in the air, right? <laughs> Wake up screaming like I'm back over there, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, but anyway, I might you, be wrong, but maybe certain days I like towns more. Hey, hey man, music's subjective. <laughs> yeah. You you can have whatever opinion you want, and yeah. I, and I happen to. I mean, they're damn close. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, Steve, it's a fun conversation anyway. Yeah, especially since one of them was one of them. You know, has spent his whole life feeling subservient to the legacy of the other one. Yeah, I got it. Makes I, for a fun. 
outside conversation. I think. Did you see Heartworn Highways as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that scene where Steve's like 20 years he's old. He's already so good there. Yeah. yeah. When he's yeah. golly. Yeah. It was he 19 or something. Yeah. He's not only just, not only the really like the ones he's trying to impress with, but like Heartworn Highways had, uh, God, he already had uh, Darling Commit Me. What a song. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Was it, uh, uh, I don't want to, don't want to, chase the guy next door to see who's the last one to our grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a good song. Um, what, uh, like, so what state of mind uh, works best for you when you're writing? Like, like, do you, um, I, I mean, I don't want to like dumb it down to like, what's your process or anything, but like, do you, you know, do you like take a shot or two before you write a song or do you, <laughs> or anything like that? Or, or what, what sort of gets you into the songwriting mood? You know, I I need to focus more on to what degree I have any kind of alcohol content. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the more rambunctious ones were like that. I don't know. Yeah, I honestly, I have a, like I said, I have a really bad memory. I I, I do remember I'm trying to remember. Uh, I was for a long time. And so out when I, where I lived in East Nashville was me and a whole bunch of people lived in this house called. We called it the Coyote House, and so I remember when I was there, I would do songs to on the backs of. I had for some reason I bought a whole bunch of large style envelopes for something, but I only needed like three. You know what I mean? Like I just had to get the the bigger pack. So they just had all that beautiful white space on the back of those envelopes, and it seemed inviting to write things on it. So and I liked writing with a sharpie just because I could like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, and it seems both like too fast and too permanent. (laughs) I don't know why. So. And so I, I I used to do songs. Um, I used to do songs where I, there were, just, and that was what was so fun about like Nashville and the, at that time was uh, there just be there were just music instruments all over the house, and so you could just grab something and, um, you know, because Nashville is cool because people come from all over to try to do that, and so it creates a community of of trying to do that, but. So I remember like writing a whole lot of words on the backs of note notebooks. So I do remember like one of my a song I like of mine was uh um Jane Eyre okay. and uh because my then girlfriend current wife uh recommended I read read Jane Eyre because I normally never would have read anything like that. And it was really good. And so it inspired that song. So I remember all the words for that being little sentences and crossed out and then fixed and all this kind of stuff on the backs of envelopes yeah. and so then i could also like almost like uh <laughs> this is so goofy to talk about <laughs> but like almost like i could shuffle them around so if i had a, like a verse on the back of this envelope i could be like no nah, let's dodge it back real quick kind of thing right right um so yeah i do remember i don't i don't yeah to what it that might be a process sure yeah uh yeah. let me try that again i haven't done that in a minute um yeah 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 that's cool um i wish i had a better explanation (laughs) no no man i mean it's just it's i do try not to think about it too hard yeah say which might not be good because i think some some really good songs are clearly uh came from people having to think really hard about them yeah yeah i I think the the thing that i always kind of you know it's like everybody just has 
a different way and like and some people you know like they say you know they'll they write all their songs in like 20 minutes or half an hour and then like speaking of steve earl justin towns earl you know he, he used to say that you know i write like he'd say that he writes like nine or ten songs per year and he's like that's an el-, and he's like that's an album and, and he's like I, I was about to say honestly that's that's right on target if they're good yeah for sure yeah, yeah. And that's what he used to say. Probably head of the power curve. Yeah. And and I thought like, and he just works on it. And like some people talk about revising the hell out of their work and like really going back with a fine tooth comb. And other people say, you know, well, no, it's just <clears throat> first thought, best thought type of thing. And so it's like all over the map. And, and, and what I've determined is that like, there is no best way really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I do like, I do like, um, I enjoy the process of like working on them. <laughs> I do like that. So, uh, so a lot of times, yeah. So a lot of times I'll, I'll have, I'll have ones that I'm just, I'm just kind of endlessly. Cause it's kind of relaxing, especially like after work or something to be then messing around on a song and then it can be a bunch of different things and then maybe it'll solidify into something, I guess. But yeah. Like it's, I, a- I do, I do enjoy messing around with it, I guess. So I'm probably not a, not a five minute five right. ten minute songwriter or whatever oh it's like a yeah i've seen i've seen people do amazing songs in like 10 minutes yeah just get it just just like get you can see something click and they're like on it <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah and 10 minutes later they're like man we need to call a studio up <laughs> like, how did you do that <laughs> well it's it's funny because i just heard well, Vin- sam jaco do that years ago i heard vincent uh i don't know if you're familiar but uh Vin- vincent neil emerson he's like a country singer from uh, mm. Fort Worth and and he, I just saw him in Pittsburgh a few weeks back and um and he said that while he was on stage he was he was just like yeah you know like I you know like he's like if if a song's taking me too long I just throw it out cuz he's like I don't yeah. he's he's like I don't think it'll be any good and I'm, I I was just like wow like I've never never heard that before but like it's interesting cuz I don't know cuz yeah I don't know it's just interesting to hear people talk about how they do it but yeah yeah um uh, yeah i wish i had a i wish i had a better explanation on it yeah or, well not explanation but like better sagely advice on the process or anything i think i probably did at some points but again i you know other things you know other things will just happen in in life and then i kind of got to focus more about it and i don't think about it as much and probably forget yeah. yeah um but i like what you said about it's kind of relaxing because like you know it's kind of like you know some people put like a puzzle together and some people do paint by numbers. And I guess some, people, yeah. I guess today some, you know, people, you know, do fucking wordle or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, the I was idea- just thinking, I want to try that out. I haven't tried that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, some people love it. Yeah. And no, and no shade at all. If you love it's it. Probably you love good it. That, yeah. It's probably good that the, it would probably teaches you more words. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a question I wrote down, like, you know, yeah. just relating to your like military service and whatnot. And I just, I was just curious, like, like, how do you manage? It's just because I, I don't really talk to, I, I haven't really talked to anybody that served and I don't really talk to too many veterans. And I was just wondering, like, how do you manage, um, like fear and, and anxiety, you know, uh, when it comes to like being deployed into a conflict zone, like, I, I've just, I can't imagine uh, dealing with that type of uncertainty. And I was just wondering, like, like what, 
what do you do to deal with that type of uncertainty and fear? Like, is there any ways you manage that? Man, you know, now, now that you're talking about it, I might've managed a lot of the stress of that first deployment right into Lylan Abdul. <laughs> I don't know. Um, cause it was definitely, I'd, I'll definitely ruminate on things, you know, you try not to, but, um, I'll do a little bit. Sometimes I'll do kind of the, especially with deployments. Uh, on the first one, especially, I ended up doing a little bit of the, uh, it was like the Blues Brothers car kind of thing. You ever seen Blues Brothers? Do you remember how they, so they're on a mission from God. And so you kind of find out that God's the only thing that's been keeping their car together because they're doing all this, smashing it and all this kind of stuff. And right. the minute it gets to like, the uh the bank where they have to give the money to save the orphanage it's just like the minute they pull up they get out and it just falls apart <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> right and so i i didn't i had did that with the first deployment i think for sure i just imagine if you don't think about feeling bad maybe it doesn't exist and then you just do whatever it takes to you know get through the, the 12 months and then yeah. Um, and, then, and then i made it back to birmingham just kind of collapsed a little bit for a little bit there but i came back together but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of stress. It's different. People do different things. Yeah, I get kind of robotic during the like during a deployment. I've been I've been told that. Yeah, get somebody was like, "Man, you just seem sometimes like you're all business." And I was like, "Well, that's sometimes like I don't. I try not to be like a screamer or anything like that. You know, I'll get more just like kind of robotic, I guess." Yeah, you sometimes know? you just gotta focus on the job and not think about the the terrible shit <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um yeah. were uh, do you I, I know you were in conflict zones in both you know afghanistan and iraq but like was was there a did, do you have a country that you prefer over the other in terms of like physical beauty mm. or the people or i love them both for, yeah, yeah. for different ways and um I will say just part of it just being, you know, I think maybe when you're younger, things impress on you uh, to a more kind of knock you on your ass kind of way. I'll never get over the sense of uh, beauty of the aesthetics of Afghanistan. All the, all the, uh, the colors and the turquoise and the, and the mountains and things like that. And, and then the uh, um, Farsi is the most, Farsi is the most beautifully spoken language I've ever heard. I still think that. I think it's, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. Like we just, again, not to rate things, but we, me and my wife just uh, went on, on a vacation. This was like the comeback from Iraq vacation to uh, Palermo and Sicily. And like the Italian language is so beautiful to hear spoken. Yeah. Not as pretty as, not as pretty as, pretty as Persian. Right. That's, right. And so I think it's, it's just very like, Almost, I don't know. It, it almost just always sounds dreamy to me. And, and, um, uh, but then there's so much, it was, and, you know, and again, I was in a, you know, these countries are very different depending on where you're at. If you're in Kurdish Iraq, it's, it's going to be a very it's a different culture, different art, different, you know, there's, it's going to be a very different experience from, say, if you're down, you know, in like the swamps to the south near like Mosul um, or, yeah, yeah, Mosul. Or, I was thinking of the port down there, um, Umkasar. Umkasar. Okay, yeah. Sorry, forgetting. I've, I'm, I have an, I have an limitless ability to just forget everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I really did. I have a terrible memory. I wish there was a way to work on it. But um, <laughs> as opposed, and Afghanistan is the same thing. Like you know, being in, yeah, being in Kandahar, even just like Kandahar versus versus uh, uh, Kabul or Bagram, like yeah. they're, they're very different places. And especially if you're way up in the north. So like my memories of of the like uh, um, uh, Balkh province, the Dadi district. Yeah. Um, Although we went all over the place, but but bulk problems specifically is uh, there will always be a beauty that just kind of lives with me forever, I think. And I'm still that just scared young man in a lot of ways, just trying to trying to trying to do a job and, and not have people get hurt. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. I, I bet you, you know, I that's a lot of. Uh... I know you say you don't have a great memory, but I'm sure you remember the stuff that moved you the most, and that's a lot of great memories to to look back on, too. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of tragedy, too, but I'm sure you, you know, found beauty there, too. So, yeah, um, yeah man, um, I don't want to keep you all night. I feel like I could just keep asking you questions because you've lived oh, such, no, this is fantastic. You, you've yeah. lived such a interesting life i mean songwriting and being all over the world and dealing with stressful situations that i can't even imagine being in and um i just feel like picking your brain but um but yeah man thanks i'm gonna you know i'm gonna spin that new album that you sent my way um yeah man and i'm gonna keep listening i appreciate you listening to it thank you yeah Yeah. is there is there anything is there anywhere you want to send anybody that's listening to this like to to check out your music do you have any online presence that you want to send anybody to yeah is this spotify is best probably the best way to do it for sure always sounds good and it's easy and you have a i I do have a rayvon pettis i need to go i need to go update that that's on the to-do list now that i'm back yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, and then if anybody owns a label and you wanna 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 rave on record, just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on. Yeah, because um, music's just a wonderful hobby, you know. So thanks so much for being interested in the in the music. Yeah, if there's any people well, I'm just, interested in the music, I'll I'll play it for them forever. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad Darren, uh, Darren, you know name dropped you and and how did you meet him anyways i met darren in birmingham years and years ago he played a with megan palmer he he oh she was doing uh 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 music they were they were playing music together on a tour and they were at the end of the tour and they were uh god they were so good i still have footage of that i took um it was a it was like an illegal show in birmingham years and years ago and okay. uh yeah and that was very that's still really really um what's the word carving and and uh shaping of me i guess yeah because i i yeah. saw their set was so tight and it was so good and their songs were so strong and then really they were doing that thing like you were talking about where that was the the show that made me throw away my distortion pal. it's like like i i was i didn't realize but i was trying to put like pedals and things on even though i could especially at the time i still can barely i can't i can't play guitar or or anything all that well but at the time i especially really couldn't so but i was still putting like pedals and things on stuff and then and um we somehow ended up on a bill together and then and and darren's set was just so strong he did a song that's still one of my favorites of his um all my best friends are cigarettes and uh it's really 
Really? Is that on one of his albums mm-hmm. or not? Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's a, it's a, I've been traveling so long that I can't stand still traveling. So long. I love that song. Was it? Okay. Uh, okay. If the, <laughs> if the cop don't get you, then the semi will. If the, right. if the semi, and then it, I think it goes to if the semi doesn't get you the fast food will. <laughs> it's like it's really right. it's a yeah. great song. It's it's just makes. I mean, I don't know know what any song's about, but it's it's this beautiful kind of look on like to what degree is is like is human are humans even designed for that for the independent touring thing? Like it's a yeah. nice idea, but he he's come back to that theme a couple of times because he did that with that great. He had a great song talking about it's such a great dream to live in a van and it doesn't ever really work. <laughs> it didn't work then. It won't yeah. work now. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really funny. And the, uh, but with that one, all my best friends are cigarettes. Uh, it's, uh, that's a really interesting idea of like, is all this, if it is all this really, you know, it's all this bad for my mental state in ways I'm not even going to fully understand till f- 10, 15 years later. Like it's just it's a yeah. really powerful, subtly powerful song. I like it a lot. But anyway, I saw yeah. it that night and we started talking and uh Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, what venue was that? In? Man, because uh, it was like a garage. It wasn't a real venue, it was like a garage. I don't I have okay. such a bad memory. I don't even remember like how I ended up there. I remember I was playing with Anna and I wanna say I want to say Sam Jaco of Don Coyote might have been down there. But anyway, I somehow knew someone who was putting those stuff together in Birmingham and ended up on that okay. bill. And man. Do you know Will Stewart at all? Yeah. Will Stewart? I do. Yeah. I, I like his songwriting too. Yeah. Will Stewart's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. He was actually, I was just, because yeah. I was in, in Birmingham on a National Guard thing um, last weekend. And uh, me and my wife were down in the Avondale Lake. And Will was doing a show down there. Okay. Part of a folk festival yeah. they were doing, which I was like, that's so cool. I didn't know Birmingham even yeah. had a folk festival. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I like, I like Birmingham, man. Like I, I was only there the once and I we just it. did great. like, yeah, yeah. We, we just sort of did the touristy stuff. Like I, I went to the Vulcan yeah. statue and, the, and then we went to Sloss Furnace mm-hmm. and then we went to, um, you know, I was there at, I, I was around set like there's that little neighborhood where Saturn is mm-hmm. the, the the venue Saturn or whatever. Yeah, and that's that's Avondale. Yeah, yeah, and we ate like it was my first introduction to uh, I guess they call it white white sauce. Mm. Um, there, there's a little place across the street from Saturn, like a barbecue. Oh, joint. sauce. We, we, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I have and another. We, and we had. I, I get made fun of a lot for this one, but I get I get I have another controversial opinion about Birmingham food, which is my favorite barbecue is actually Dreamlands, um, which you're not okay. supposed to like it because there's a handful of them. It's a chain, but I don't care. It's been a bit, the, the uh, Dreamland by the foot of Red Mountain is, is my favorite barbecue in the city. And I've been to all. Um, and I think I, to me, again, this is very controversial. But to me, the best barbecue places are you going to looking for the places that are B plus, because once they hit that A rating, or even a consensus of it, it's it it. I don't know. They're never they're yeah. never quite as honestly good again. Yeah, man. It's like it's like when a musician becomes really yeah. Famous give them that. You know, it's not like it's not like give the them that. Stuff, sweep you know? the Grammys. You'll never get a good album out of them again. <laughs> give Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. 
two Oscars for for Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year, and then you'll never get a good Spielberg movie again. Yeah, except for the, the one person that forever, goes right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> The one person that goes against that, though, I think, is Isbel because he's he's become oh yeah, famous. Well, and it's this is one of these fun, this is one of these quote unquote rules that sounds fun when they're they're just like you, you get to put your hands on your hips and feel cool saying something like that, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Isbel has impressed me because like he he seems to really roll with fame. Like it, it yeah. seems to really just you know because he started out you know pretty. Like just kind of you know working the the road with the truckers and then like you know and then he just totally blew up and like he seems to embrace it in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know? he's incredible. I mean, he's you know no one should be that talented in that many directions. I need to see. I was, that's on my list. I need to see the uh, the new um, HBO documentary about him. I that looks right that, up yeah, my alley. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, did you see the Guy Clark documentary? No, I uh, haven't. Without, without getting, yeah, that's a good one without too. Without getting killer caught, without... yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, if you ever yeah, interview that's... Ryan Saab, he does my favorite cover of Guy Clark, um, "L.A. Freeway" I've ever heard. Oh, he I does an, an, he yeah. does a beautiful and very Ryan um, cover of that. It makes you feel like you're hearing it again for the first time. Okay, yeah, that's a, a fantastic song. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Uh, well, thanks again for hopping yeah, on here. And uh, email and call anytime, man. Anytime you want to talk or anything like that. Yeah, and I will tell everyone to go check your stuff out. Thank you yeah. so much, yeah. All right, man. Ha- have a good night, man. All right, you too. All right, bye. All right, bye. Okay. Funny man drug addict 
was funny passed away and they'll laugh and call it pathos when robin williams taught the violence you suffered wasn't right and not your fault everything is ending every single day and the silver dagger falls and robin williams goes away susie and his waif and minstrel insisting she was getting stronger like a god flower does